1: Verse 11, he says, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. Oh, Lord, let us be found faithful to the end. Hold fast. Hold fast. Stand firm. Stand stand in your place. Again, do you have a little faith? The, this church had a little strength. And so the Lord says, Man, hold fast what you do have. Hold fast what you do have. I know that there are spiritual giants in the world even today. I know that there's great men and women of humongous
0: faith, and it's, it's happening even today, and it has through the ages. If you died right now, would you be embarrassed about what you were doing? Maybe you're considering or wrestling with a secret sin. Pastor David wants to encourage us to stay on the straight and narrow. He wants us to arrive in heaven and to be glad that we were in the middle of serving and seeking the Lord. We should take account of our habits and ask ourselves if there's anything that needs to go. We can weigh our actions by asking ourselves if we'd still be doing it if Jesus were in the room with us. Well, let's join Pastor David in the book of Revelation chapter 3 with today's edition of The Open Word.
1: Some say that, well, this synagogue of Satan, actually these were the false believers that were in the church. But I can't agree with that. Uh, a couple of reasons why. One is the fact that they, uh, where he says they say that they're Jews and they're not. That doesn't speak like it's believers. But even the fact that, yes, I know first century church had a lot of false teachers in the church. We talked about that when we were in, uh, second, first and second Peter about this invasion of, of false teachers within the church. We still have it today and I understand that. But here, as Jesus is speaking, he uses the word sunoge, which is synagogue, okay? The synagogue, he does not use the word ecclesia, which is most often translated as church. Now, synagogue could also be translated simply as an assembly place, and there's a couple of places in the New Testament that it does deal with believers. But by and large, Nearly every other place, whenever they speak of the assembly of believers, they use the word church, ecclesia, including throughout the book of Revelation. He uses it over and over and over again. So when he says the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews, I believe that what he's speaking about is Jews. And again, as we're going through... Uh, As we're going through Revelation, remember, I I told you, we're going to take the most simplest application first. And if that works, we go for it. There's no reason to pull stuff out of the air to try and make it fit some uh, uh, some other belief or some other doctrine. If it's simple and it's there, then let's take it for what it's worth. I believe that they were continually being harassed by the Jews from that local synagogue there in Philadelphia because of their stand as Christ followers. Now, some of these believers, they were probably converts from Judaism. So they're having all of this attacks from them. Again, they they found that Jesus of Nazareth was the true Messiah. They want to follow him. But now the the culture, the family, the tradesmen, all of these things are coming against them. Many of the Jewish community of that day, and, and even today... They forsook the directions. They, 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 they did away with the theology of Judaism. And they simply became power brokers or some form of a social club within their communities. They, they uh, Again, the, the synagogue became that meeting place, and, and politics became the order and the issue of the day, rather than the theology of the Word of God and the doctrine of the Word of God. They they wanted to control situations. We see, see that back in the first century. We even see it still today. They no longer look for Messiah as a person, they now look for Messiah to be an era, a time of, of peace, a realm of peace. Uh, and, and, and Messiah is even obtainable by political power. We, we get that. That's the mindset of many Jews even today. They're not looking for a man Messiah, they are looking for a time and a framework of peace. And that is Messiah. And how they pull that out of the Bible is because they don't read it, they don't study it. They listen to politically led teachers that are drawing them into that. So I believe that when he says that they are Jews and are not, but they lie, I believe that's exactly what's going on. They're, they're part of the synagogue, but they're not following Judaism. They're, they're just, again, that political structure, and they're just attacking the church every chance they get. So, again, the believers needed to continue to speak the truth, about, as he says here, the one who is holy, the one who is true. So as they continue to be faithful in their calling, faithful in in their life, the Lord is going to continue to work in the hearts of those, even of the ones that attack them. And I believe that they're going to see the Lord's hand turn over many of those hearts as they just remain faithful to the Lord. They don't have to be a defender of themselves. Let the Lord be your strong defense. You just speak the truth. Just speak the truth. And as I've shared with you many times, you're going to be sharing your faith with people, and people are going to say, well, I don't believe the Bible. Oh, that's okay. But let me read what you, read for you what it says over here in Romans. But I don't believe the Bible. Oh, I know. I understand that. But did you know that Romans uh, uh, 6 over here, and, and, and oh, Romans you know, 8, and it says, "And I don't believe the Bible. I know. I understand that. Let me share with you what it says. Because the Word of God is more powerful than your words of wisdom. If you just continue to just lay the Word of God, one of two things are going to happen. They're going to get fed up with you and walk away. Or, and I believe even if they get fed up and walk away, that the word spoken to him It says it will not return void. Okay, But it's going to accomplish what it's sent forth to do. Stay in the Word. Give them the word of God. Let your argument be from the word of God. Again, the Lord gives further acclamations to the church here in verse 10. He says, because you have kept uh, my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. Some say that this speaks about, again, that, that hour of tri- trial speaks about the great tribulation, about the, the wrath of God being poured out on the earth, and if that's true, then the church of Philadelphia also becomes a, a type for all believers, and he says, you know what, I'm going to keep you from that, and we we speak of the rapture of the church taking place before that that great tribulation that's going to come. You understand, of course, don't you, that the church, from its very beginning, has gone through tribulation, gone through tribulation. Great trials. Even today, uh, particularly in, in foreign countries, third world countries, uh, uh, the, the the church is under great, great, great tribulation. Uh, Pastor Saeed still there in uh Iran and again the the a little bit better situation, but again still in prison there uh, and, and and he's just one of, of men not in Iran but Iraq right uh, Iraq Iran it is Iran right. okay get it get my countries right okay uh, but that's happening all over. China, North Korea, uh, Christians imprisoned for their faith. The church goes through much, much tribulation even now. But, beloved, there is coming that day, the Word of God, and as we get into Revelation, it's going to speak even more and more, that great, great tribulation. And, again, I believe that, again, that when we read it here and we look, that he says that I'm going to keep you from that hour of trial, which is going to come on the whole world, yeah, it could very well speak of the Church of Philadelphia being the church that's here at the rapture of the church. Maybe. I'm I'm not camping on that. I do believe in the rapture. I believe that the Lord could come at any moment, at any time. But I also see a whole lot of the Church of Laodicea right now in the church today. And we'll be looking at that uh, next week. So Christ makes this promise, not just to this local church of one time period, I believe that he makes that promise if it's dealing with this great wrath, the great tribulation. He makes it to all church, to the whole church. Again, God's intention is not to send his wrath upon the church, but his wrath is going to come on the non-believing world. Nearly all the rest of the book of Revelation speaks about this wrath and the consequences of that wrath for those that reject salvation through Christ. As a matter of fact, the End of chapter 3 is the end of Christ's dialogue with these seven churches. And you know what? We don't read any more about the church at all until chapter 19 when we start talking about the bride of the Lamb and the marriage supper of the Lamb. So, chapter 4 through chapter all of 18, the church isn't there. Where is the church? Well, we'll get into that in a few weeks as we get into chapter 4, but let me give you a preview real quick. In chapter 4, where John, verse 1, he says, and after these things, after what things? The message to the seven churches. He says, after these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet. Hold on to that thought. We'll be back at that later. Like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Verse 2, and immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, the throne set in heaven. I believe that those first two verses of chapter 4 are a prelude of the rapture of the church. We've dealt with the church in chapters 2 and 3, the messages to the seven churches. In chapter 4, I believe it's the... Uh, Again, the rapture of the church. And the rest of the time, God is going to be dealing with the world here while the church is with Christ. And then come chapter 19, we have the bride of the Lamb, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and on into the rest of the things. So that's just a preview of what we're going to be looking at. Even though in the time frame of, of, of all things, the people who received this letter here back in around 90 A.D., They're they're all gone. I mean, they've all passed away. But yet the promise still remains. And even though the church in general has, has gone through severe tribulations through its life, these have not been the great tribulation. That's yet to take place. And even though we don't know the time or the season, the promise of Jesus was that he was going to come again. So we're going to read that phrase, coming coming quickly, over and over again throughout the book of Revelation. We see it here in verse 11. He says, behold, I'm coming quickly, over and over again. We're going to read that word, read that message. That doesn't just necessarily mean that, whoa, he's coming in the next 30 seconds. As much as it means he's coming without warning, without advance notice, He's coming even as we shared in Second Peter, coming as a thief in the night. The apostles declare, He's coming as a thief in the night. Jesus himself declared, I'm coming as a thief in the night. In the book of Revelation, hey, I'm coming, I'm coming quickly. So again, we as a church need to be aware of that. We need to be uh man, we need we 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 need to be on guard for that. Our lives need to be a demonstration of that. Verse eleven, he says, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Oh, Lord, let us be found faithful to the end. Hold fast. Hold fast. Stand firm. Stand, stand in your place. Again, do you have a little faith? This church had little strength. And so the Lord says, man, hold fast what you do have. Hold fast what you do have. I know that there are spiritual giants in the world even today. I know that there's great men and women of humongous faith, and it's, it's happening even today, and it has through the ages. It's, you know, most of the believers that I deal with are probably more in that little faith area, little faith area. That's, that's, that's not a good thing, you understand that. But that's unfortunately the reality of, of, of the average Christian life. He says, hold on to what you do have, because still great is your reward in heaven. Hold on to what you do. have. Don't allow someone to steal your victor's crown so that you can come to the end of your days and say like, Paul, man, I've I've run my race. I've, I've kept the faith. Therefore, there is that crown that, that waits for me. Run your race in a way that when you, when you get there, you're, you're looking forward to hearing those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your father's rest. Look, live your life that way. Don't be those that the word says they're saved yet though as by fire. And we, yeah, we make it to glory, but man, the, the smoke and the heat of hell is literally all over us because we barely made it in. We ought to be those that again are pressing in to glory. Pressing into glory even now, even now. Verse 12 says, He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name, a pillar in the temple of my God. Now, I've heard the term, and I've seen folks who are pillars of the church, okay? But you know, that's not always a good thing, okay? Uh the problem as a matter of fact, usually the the longer these pillars are around, usually the more they're keeping the church right where it's at instead of allowing it to move forward. That's what pillars do. They they hold things up. They're not moving. Uh they force it to stand still and then it just kind of crumbles. Around their feet. It's interesting when you look particularly at Philadelphia, the location of ancient Philadelphia today, there, there's not much to see from that early city. It's pretty much all gone. The site's now covered by, by a modern city, Allah Shahir. Allah Shahir means the city of Allah. That's what Philadelphia is now. The only lasting pillars from the ancient city are actually relatively modern. They're from the 7th century. And they're located only in one area, behind a fenced-in area. And they're the, they're the remains of uh, a Byzantine basilica, the church of St. John. That's, the, that's some of the main ruins that are there. That's it. And they're just these huge pillars. And I thought it was interesting that the remains of the city are all but gone, but yet these pillars of the church, they remain But this is different. Jesus says, he who overcomes, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. And we're going to speak about the new Jerusalem near the end of Revelation. It comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He says, he who Overcomes. I know you only have a little strength. Hold fast what you have. He who overcomes. What does it mean to overcome? What does it really mean for you and I as believers to overcome? Especially when you think that, wow, today I, I, I fell. I, I felt pretty good today. So I didn't overcome today. Again this wasn't a strong church. It definitely wasn't a, a very influential church. And yet as as we read it here, it was a church that remained steadfast in the midst of all of the current trials that came its way. It was a church that kept the word of the Lord. It was a church, it was a people that hadn't denied his name. It was a church and it was a people that continued to persevere. And I feel that all of those are part of that life of the overcomer. Every every, every aspect of that. And it's of this kind of people that, again, God's kingdom is built. This kind of people is what, again, God's kingdom remains strong. As I shared, there, there are the spiritual giants. But really and truly, how many Billy Grahams have there been? How many Billy Sundays? How many John Wesleys? How many Charles Spurgeons, Charles Pennies? How many Martin Luther's or John Calvin's, Amy Carmichael's, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, C.S. Lewis's, Fanny Crosby's, Francis Schaeffer, George Mueller, D.L. Moody's, John Newton's, Jonathan Edwards, William Booth, or Jim Elliott's? How many of those have been? We could go on. We could probably name hundreds of some spiritual giants, maybe even thousands of spiritual giants. But that's not all of the body of Christ. More than anything else, the body of Christ is just made out of people like you and me that are just, man, we, we, we're walking our life, we're trying to live our life for the glory of the Lord. We stumble, we fall, we get back up again, we walk again. And we keep walking, we keep pressing on, we keep persevering. Why? Because I know, man, I'm, 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 I'm flesh, I'm dust, and I'm clay, and I'm going to fail. But like I continue to share with you, when you fall, fall forward, fall forward. And when you get up, keep walking, keep walking, keep pressing in to the Lord. It's easy to understand that these, you know, the uh, the big names, uh, uh, the Dietrich Bonhoeffers, the Francis Schaeffers, we could see those as pillars of the temple. Yeah, amen. Uh, but you know what? He said, folks like you and I, with little strength, we're just hanging in there. We're going to be pillars of the kingdom of God. And we're going to get new names. That's, that's awesome. There's going to be some names that, that, that would never make it on the list of, uh, you know, the, the newspapers or, or the books. It's never in the bookstore. It's never never in, you know, the hey, and this afternoon speaking at our great rally, we're going to have, you know, so and so and so. They'll never make that name. They'll never make that realm. But what about the Christian man that works in an office every day, surrounded by the influence of the world, all these nonbelievers that are continually pressing against him uh, about his Christian faith, and yet he continues to live his life above the world's downward spiral? What about that guy? What about that woman that stays home and she's raising her preschool children and she's pouring her life into these two kids? She's pouring her faith and, and lessons of the Word of God into these children. The world may never know her. I tell you what, she's making eternal difference in the lives of these children. What about that senior? It's been away from the business world for years and yet remains strong in their commitment to the Lord you're not afraid to share and you're not afraid to pray for a neighbor. Pray and, and, and share with those within the circle of your influence or family members that seem to be struggling. You realize how much of a difference you really, really make in eternity? Huge. Huge. How about that college student being bombarded every day with this Atheistic influence, the teachings every day coming against their faith. Yet they continue to gain strength from personal and corporate Bible study together through fellowship, through worship in the Lord. Do you realize that though these might be small in the world's eyes, though their names might not be written in, in, in the records of history, though most of the time they, they, they walk and only have a little bit of strength. The Lord's going to give them a new name. The Lord's going to give each one of us a new name. And it's going to be a name that glorifies and honors Him.
0: We've come to the end of our time together for today. But if you're not ready to be done yet, you can find additional messages from The Open Word. Pastor David is here to share how you can continue listening. Hey, thanks, Chris.
1: We love getting the Word of God out to as many people as possible. All the teachings you hear on The Open Word have been preserved on our website. You're welcome to access them. Visit theopenword.com to listen to or download the messages God has supplied from His Word. That website again is theopenword.com or you can search for The Open Word Podcast on iTunes and subscribe for free. I'd like to encourage you to take these messages with you on the go. You never know when you'll have a moment of peace in your day, so why not fill it with God's Word? I hope you continue to study the Bible and that it continues to bless you and
0: fill you with His joy. Thanks, Pastor David. We're so glad these resources are available to us whenever we want them. The book of Revelation is so often shrouded in mystery with its outlandish pictures of winged creatures by the throne of God and roaming the earth. As we continue to study, though, we'll be able to discern how these pictures all point to the one spotless lamb who conquered all through laying down his life. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, the lamb, give us a call at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. We'd love to share the greatest story with you, the one where God came down to earth to join in a relationship with us. That's all for today, but join us next time right here on The Open Word.